Good evening and welcome to the City View podcast with me, Andy Sylvester, editor here at City AM. In a couple of minutes, I will be joined by Jack Barnett, our economics and markets correspondent, to look at yet another eye-watering inflation readout. But first, the headlines in the square mile tonight. And just breaking as markets close is the news that Unilever will not raise their £50 billion offer for GlaxoSmithKline's healthcare goods division. The firm said new numbers and projections from GSK issued this weekend did not change their fundamental view of the value of the healthcare division and that they were therefore focused on value purchases. It is effectively a take it or leave it offer and my hunch is that GSK will indeed leave it. They have, after all, already said no three times. However, since they are trying to spin off this division, a joint venture with Pfizer, they may simply decide the Unilever bid is the cleanest and easiest way to make it pay. We shall see. Decision at foot dame Emma Walmsley for sure. Meanwhile, in the world of corporate results, JD Weatherspoon said it expects a half-year loss thanks to COVID-19 restrictions. Boss Tim Martin, famously never shy of an opinion or three, used the firm's trailing update to lay into Partygate shenanigans, saying that if pubs had been kept open, there would have been no need for an unsafe garden party in the number 10 rose garden. Burberry announced a 35% hike in revenues as the firm looks to recover from a couple of COVID-19 afflicted years, particularly in Asian markets and in travel retail. Whilst at the other end of the luxury scale, WH Smith has also been hit by the fall in aviation traffic and indeed by rail traffic. Elsewhere, Sony have had around 20 billion wiped off their shares today as the market reacts to Microsoft's purchase of gamer Activision and fintech darling wise beat expectations with shares up just shy of 4% today. Over in Westminster, Boris Johnson has had to face up to the defection of a Red Wall MP, Christian Wakeford, to Labour, as well as Tory grandee David Davis, a former candidate to be leader of the party way back in 2005, channelling his inner Oliver Cromwell and saying, for the love of God, man, go over at PMQs. Boris Johnson appears set to ride it out at least until the publication of the Cabinet Office report into the parties uh, penned by Sue Gray, which is due out, we think, next week. Jack Barnett, our Economics and Markets correspondent, Hello. is here today. Um, I haven't mentioned inflation. Uh, and at 7.01 a.m. this morning, well, that's all anyone was talking about. Uh, it was. Um, I think the first thing to say is that, once again, uh, inflation is um, shot to the upside mm. uh, for the city's expectations. Most were expecting it to come in at 5.2%. Uh, it came in at 5.4%, which is the the highest since March 1992. Um which is obviously quite punchy. Um, Just some specifics within that headline rate. Um, You've got food prices up Mm. 4.2%. Overall energy um, prices up 24.5%. And um, cars, that's your new and used cars, um, up 13.8% all on the year. So um, I think the main point to say is that it's now, this inflation is now hitting across the board. It's not just isolated into energy prices. Most mm. most goods are now increasing, which is obviously going to hit um, households' budgets. Yeah, and that is bad news for, well, everybody, really. But um, you're right to pull out the fact that this isn't just energy costs that are pushing these numbers up. Um, we await the big spike in energy costs, which coming in April when Ofchem lift the price cap, assuming no government intervention between here and then. But Andrew Bailey, the Governor of Bank of England, was up this afternoon in front of the Treasury Select Committee. I don't know whether that was deliberate timing or not, but awkward questioning for him. Any clues as to whether we might see any rate rises in the near future? I mean, we will. Uh, more question of how fast and how soon. Yeah, so he, I mean, he was, he did kind of come out fighting today, saying that the bank, I mean, he has said this before in the past, so I don't know how much weight these words actually carry in the city anymore. 
Um, but he did say that the bank will do everything they can to keep inflation under control. There's just um, a couple of specifics um, from this morning's figure. Now, inflation has now never been further away from the bank's 2% target. Mm. Um, the bank adopted an inflation target in around 1992. Um, so in the space of 20 years or so, the bank has gone from trying to target something to then actually you know, <laughs> not getting anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, and the, it's the first time, this is the highest that CPI has been um, since the bank adopted it in 2003. So you know, given that the fact we're all expecting inflation to hit around about 7% or even top 7% in April, um, the governor saying that the bank will do all they can to get inflation under control um, is probably not going to is not mm. going to move many markets. Yeah, for sure. And you were talking to Andrew Sentence, former rate setter for the bank, saying uh, to us this afternoon that the result of inaction in 2021 on rate rises means that it's highly likely that rate rises will... Um, go further and, and faster mm. than they would otherwise have done. I just want to ask you before you go about producer price inflation, uh, factory gate inflation, as it's known, which is really five point four percent of you know in the normal inflationary measure is punchy, but mm. this stuff is really eye watering. It is. It's kind of getting around. It's it's, it's hovered around thirteen um, ish percent um, for quite a number of months now. Um, again, it's just it just feeds into that narrative that businesses are really suffering from quite severe cost increases at the moment and if if they're not able to pass those on to the consumer then you know they're really going to struggle to remain profitable mm. given the fact that in in april they're also facing a looming uh, national insurance hike as well so it's, it's not it's not a pretty outlook for households it's not a pretty outlook for businesses either yeah i dare say our front page tomorrow will focus more on events down the road in westminster there was good news today that the uh, plan b restrictions are set to be lifted the work from home guidance uh, as of midnight tonight disappears into the ether for now i'll wait and see if we see our old friend again um but our headline this morning, recovery feels the squeeze, feels possibly even more appropriate today than it did when we put it on the front last night. Jack, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. We are now going to speak to Jay Schwan, the CEO of Kin and Carter. The software engineering firm is London's first publicly listed B Corp, which means they have changed their articles of incorporation to include a commitment to planet and purpose as well as profit. Jay, thanks so much for uh, talking to us today. Thanks for having me, Andy. We're going to talk a lot about the purpose and the culture of Kin and Carter uh, in just a minute, but why don't we kick off with actually what the business is and what it does, um, you know, the profit bit, I suppose, rather than the purpose bit for now. Yeah, well, you know, I, it all ties together. So actually, I'll start with our purpose and talk about what we do in context of that. So our purpose is to build a world that works better for everyone. And if you kind of pick that apart, the building piece is what we do, um, building a world. We are builders of our 2,000 employees across the U.S. and Europe and South America. Over half of them are software engineers and data scientists, and they're joined by cross-functional teams of digital strategists and designers and agile project managers and quality engineers. And together, we invent and we design and we build some of the most advanced software applications in the world for our clients. And when it comes to like the, the working better part of the purpose, um, a lot of the work that we do um, has a, a, a positive social impact. And we're looking to, to increase that percentage of our portfolio um, as we continue to scale. So we reduce the amount of fertilizer farmers use on their crops through the application of precision agriculture. And uh, we'll optimize the electrical grid through the deployment and remote manipulation of networks of smart thermostats. 
Um, and we'll help design and build new businesses like Alex Chesterman's kazoo from the ground mm. up. And we do all this through um, the application of ethical software development practices. And that's kind of the for everyone part of our purpose, where our aim is to ensure that every digital product and service and experience we build is accessible, is inclusive, and is sustainable. So we can get into all how we do that, but that's fundamentally what Kin and Carta is and what it does. And when you talk about making a better world, that presumably plays into what you became, which is obviously the first B Corp on, in, on the London markets anyway. Um, B Labs aren't here to explain what being a B Corp is, but from your perspective, you know, from, well, from my understanding at least, and then we'll go to your perspective, it's it's around sort of basically putting the planet and people on the same level as profit, right? That's right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's looking at seeking the balance. And I think that's a really an important um, distinction um, because ba- balance is what's key. And, and it's also one of those things that's always fleeting, right? You're never perfectly balanced. You're always mm. a little bit, you know, a little bit wobbly and you've got to kind of course correct. But, but the point is that, um, you know, you have to consider not only shareholder value in the context of growing profits, but the overarching impact of all stakeholders um, in terms of, you know, what your businesses does and what its impact is on society and the environment. And so B Corp provides a framework for evaluating mm-hmm. how effective a company is at um, achieving that balance and ultimately a scorecard. And if you get over a certain score, you can get certified as a B Corp. Um, but the point is that, you know, it's not a zero or one, yep. right? It's not either. It, it's it's a scale. And frankly, no one has achieved the, the you know, the perfect score and probably mm. ever will. Um, but that's why we really liked the framework as we kind of laid, laid down our, our, our strategy three years ago um, is it provided this kind of roadmap for us. Yeah. And I guess one of the things I want to talk to you about is, is the leadership to bring people along. Because I think in the abstract, people get a kind of an idea that obviously companies want to either, you know, reduce their environmental footprint or perhaps move things in the right direction through carbon reduction or, or whatever. Did you did you find it a relatively, I mean, I'm not going to say simple process, but talk to me about the process that you went through to get this approval, both on the going through that certification process, but also on on bringing people along like shareholders, like investors, and also like your staff. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how much has changed in the last three years as it relates to um, shareholder support for mm. something like this. But, but when, when, when we defined kind of the, the, the new Ken and Carta three years ago, and there's, there's a whole transformation story about the business that we can talk about some other time, but we put social responsibility at the center of the strategy. And, and the main reason we did it at the time, because we had, we had, you know, the, uh, opportunity to kind of define what we felt was the consulting firm of the future. And we knew that, you know, with the next generation coming into the workforce, kind of the Gen Zs and and, and the millennials, there was um, undoubtedly a more socially responsible kind of outlook that that just was natural, right? Just part mm. of part of kind of what defines define these defines these new generations. And so we knew that in order to attract the best and the brightest, that we had to consider this um, at the core of the business. And so we put it at the, because at the end of the day, we're people business. I mean, we, 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 we are builders and our builders are people and our people are our product. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we put that at the center of the strategy, understanding that it would attract the best and the brightest by having the best and the brightest that we would ultimately attract, um, the best, the best customers and, um, and, and build a much more sustainable organization. Um, so we started by, um, if we, and I, I, I believe if we would have gone out in 2018 and told our shareholders that we were going to certify the business, the entire business as a B Corp, um, and that we were going to change our articles of incorporation to balance people and plan and profit, which we ultimately had to do this mm-hmm. last year before we achieved it. I don't think it would have passed. But what we did instead was we said, we're going to certify each of our divisions and we're going to prove that, that it works, yep. that we can actually balance these three things. And then we're going to come back to you and show you the effects of that. Um, and then we're going to decide whether or not we certify the overarching organization with the underlying goal or aim that we ultimately would be able to. And that's what happened. That's what we did. We certified mm-hmm. the divisions. All of the divisions were taking off while we kind of emphasized our social responsibility part of the strategy. And then by the time we went to the shareholders and asked for their vote, um, we got 99.6% acceptance of the vote. Yeah. Um, and so that was very encouraging. And that was, a, that was the result, presumably, of the process of proving that it wasn't a case of prioritizing one over the other, but it was about finding that balance and actually they can work in concert together. You're a yeah. trailblazer, obviously, in, in the London markets. And to be honest, there aren't huge numbers of B-Cores on the public markets across the world. But speaking a bit more about company purpose, for want of a better phrase, does seem to have been a growing trend in the UK um, amongst bigger businesses, amongst listed businesses um, in, in the last few years. Do you do you see yourself as a trailblazer, or do you see yourself as just being, you know, as part of this trend widely across business, um, or both? I guess. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that we're leading in a lot of ways right now, Andy. Partic- I mean, particularly in our sector, we're the first um, publicly traded company, technical techn- technology mm-hmm. services company, to achieve the designation, the first one on the stock exchange. But um, there's a lot of other things that are moving this trend, right. Or mm-hmm. that are, that are driving this trend. And it's really, uh, encouraging and exciting for all, for all of our kin, for, for, for everyone at Kin and Carta. And I, I tell our team, I'm like, look, we're, this makes us different now. Right. And that's great. Um, my hope is in five years, it's, it's just, it's just is, it's what everyone's <laughs> doing. Right. And, that would be a great outcome. You know, we'll, we'll find a new point of differentiation between now and then I'm not worried about that at all. Um, but if we can set the example for others and, and, you know, and, and to a degree, we've already started to see that. So next 15 is committed to becoming a B Corp. Uh, Martin Sorrell's S4 is committed mm-hmm. to becoming a B Corp. Um, so these, these are direct competitors of ours, but in a similar, similar space. And that's really encouraging. And so if we can see more and more of that, I think at the end of the day, we'll feel, we'll feel really good good about um, what we're doing. And that's a good way to end. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Andy. Really appreciate it. That was Jay Schwann from Kin and Carter. And that's all from me today. See you again tomorrow.